0: Lights, Camera, Asia A look at Asian culture and history through the lens of cinema Hello and welcome back to Lights, Camera, Asia I'm Jake Chen Last week... We began to cover the story of Goodbye Dragon Inn, a very slow-paced movie made by Taiwanese director Timing Mingliang. So far the story seems rather simple. While an old classic martial arts movie is screened at a decrepit movie theater on its last day of opening, different people are seeking for different things in the movie theater. A female box office clerk, who happens to suffer from a limb, is hobbling her way through the theater to try to give half a bun to the projectionist. And when she finally makes her way through the projection room, she sees that while the projector is spinning and the movie is playing as usual, the projectionist himself is away, nowhere to be found. She sits in the room for quite a moment before leaving. On the other hand, a quiet young man is also wandering around the theater. He had to switch seats a few times for seemingly mundane reasons. He was first annoyed by a couple who makes quite a bit of a noise when they eat right behind him. And after changing seats, he deliberately sits very close to an older gentleman, and then he proceeds to approach him. The older man does not react, despite the young man practically being in his space. And when the young man heads over to the men's bathroom to stand among a few other next to a bathroom stall, the same thing happens. He shows interest, but no one reciprocates. The theater, as I mentioned previously, is a little-known hub for people in the LGBTQ community to meet and congregate. In a sense, the young man's journey parallels that of the female box office clerk. They both are seeking to express their fondness to others, to establish a sense of intimacy and connection, but they both face the rather disappointing reality that, at least for the moment, no one has returned the favor. As the film keeps on going, Both characters continue their effort to seek a sense of connection. The box office clerk, despite suffering from a physical disability, remains very persistent in her quest to try to find the projectionist. After meeting him in the projection room, she walks one floor down and through several hallways, Since the film progresses at a very, very slow pace and the woman says almost nothing throughout the entire movie, we, the audience, are left in the dark as to where she would be heading next. And it wasn't until several scenes and minutes later that she ends up reaching the projection room once again, this time from another back door. She enters the room and she sits on a chair once again waits for the projectionist to return. Now, keep in mind that at least 10 on-screen minutes have passed between the woman's two appearances in the projection room, and it feels like much more time has passed in the movie's world. The way the director shows the passage of time is very subtle, but it slowly creeps up to the viewers since the director gives us ample time to observe the scene. As the woman walks into the projection room from the back door, we see that her eyes are almost immediately fixated on an object off screen. She then walks across the small room and sits down at a corner. And in this scene, it is finally revealed that she is staring at the bun that she had left in the projection room earlier for the projectionist. We also see that on the table above it, there is an ashtray that is almost filled to the brim with cigarette butts. There is also a cigarette that is still burning that someone had left on the corner of the table. It is these details that show us that the projectionist, who is a smoker, has been in the room while the woman was gone, and that he has smoked at least half a cigarette before he left the room again. What's more disappointing for the woman is that the bun, which is placed no more than a foot away from the ashtray, appears completely untouched. This means that a man either didn't notice or he didn't care about her gift during his short return in the projection room. The woman stares at the cigarette and the bun for close to two minutes straight without budging, without batting an eye. Now, keep in mind that we, the audience, are sitting right there in front of the screen to witness all this, which makes it an excruciatingly long take. It is so long, in fact, that we actually notice the cigarette getting gradually shorter as it burns throughout the scene. Eventually, the woman is weary by the weight and the disappointment, and she finally stands up, grabs the bun, and leaves the room. The camera lens then turns to the young man and after a series of rather unsuccessful attempts to court other men in the movie theater and then in the man's bathroom, he begins to wander about in other parts of the theater. He first makes his way through what looks like a storage room and then after a few twists and turns, he walks into a dimly lit hallway. He bumps into quite a few people in the process, most are smokers who are looking for a quiet place to smoke, and just like before, no one shows interest in him when he passes by. The only exception is a man in blue shirt. He's seen standing beneath a large ventilation fan, smoking all by himself. The young man approaches him and very slowly extends a cigarette that is not lit. The man in blue shirt stands still for a second and then responds by lighting up his cigarette. It is at this moment that the two men have one of only two very brief conversations in a movie. The smoking man looks at the young fella and says, Do you know there are ghosts in this movie theater? I mean ghosts. The young man appears to be startled for a second. He doesn't know what to say or how to respond, so he only utters one sentence to introduce himself. He says he's from Japan. The smoking man greets him goodbye in Japanese and then disappears behind the corner at the end of the hallway. The man's words about the theater having ghosts seem to have really spooked the young Japanese man. When the young man returns to the movie theater, things begin to feel strange and bizarre all around him. A woman appears to be eating behind him, a scene that is eerily reminiscent of the couple eating behind him when he first enters the movie theater. Suddenly, in a loud clack, we hear the woman drops a shoe, and then she stoops down and disappears behind a roll of seats, as if she's trying to reach it. About a dozen seconds later, the woman suddenly reappears behind the Japanese man, this time in a completely different location. She now sits a few rows behind him and to his left. The sound of her cracking one melon seed at a time echoes eerily through the theater, and the young man begins to look behind his back with a startled expression. The woman, technically speaking, isn't supposed to appear in that direction since there's no way for her to get to a different roll of seats from underneath. The man begins to question about his sanity and wonders about the real possibility that a woman might be a ghost. He jumps up from his seats and as he tries to walk away, he finds that the entire floor is covered by melon seed shells. And every step he takes makes piercing sounds as he steps over the shells. This startles the young man even further. He's scared and he just jumps out of the seats and leaves the movie theater and he's never seen again in this movie. Shortly after that scene, the movie that is played in this movie is finished playing on the big screen, and the entire theater finally lights up. The female box office clerks walks in and begins to clean the theater one roll at a time. He's still walking in her typical fashion, laboriously drags her feet behind and making her way through each and every roll very slowly. After he cleans the entire theater and shuts down the valves in both men's and women's bathroom, he looks once again at the movie theater, knowing that this will be the last time she looks at it. She places the bond in a rice cooker in the box office where she walks, and then she walks away into the rain. A few seconds later, the projectionist finally makes an appearance. Now we see him in a few seconds while she was cleaning the water outside the projection room, but never in a close-up scene. So we can finally tell that this is a young man in his mid to late 30s, not very tall, stocky build, and like everyone else, he's very silent. He wanders around the lobby of the theater for a few seconds, just like the female projectionist, as if he's trying to take it all in for one final time. He then plays with a fortune-telling machine for a second, not paying much attention to it. But after seeing what the machine shows him, it is as if he suddenly has a moment of realization and he turns to the box office. He notices that a rice cooker has been moved. He walks over to the office, he opens the cooker and he sees the bun inside. He finally sees what the female box office clerk was trying to tell him. He grabs the rice cooker with excitement and a sudden sense of realization, and it is as if he's trying to rush after her. He runs into the rain, jumps onto his motorcycle, and disappears in the rain. An old sound from the 1960s begins to play, and the movie fades to black. A chapter has closed for both the movie theater and for everyone that is involved in it. We're going to dive into the details of this movie and try to analyze just what all this means in next week's episode. So please stay tuned. Thank you for listening to this episode of Lights, Camera, Asia. I'm Jake Chan. Talk to you then.